0: Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Suzanne. Welcome to The Courage Effect. My guest today is Vanessa Laughlin. Vanessa Laughlin is the principal and founder of Bannister Advisors. Through founding Bannister Advisors, Vanessa's passion for client services has met the opportunity to ease the complex emotional and logistical burdens that individuals and families confront in the face of critical circumstances across their lifespan. She and the team at Bannister Advisors provide what they call lifespan navigation. They have professional background span licensed mental health, client services, strategy consulting, clinical social work, and pastoral care. Vanessa is a three-time founder, conscious capitalist, caregiver, third culture kid, disability advocate, and unrepentant tinkerer. She was honored in 2019 by the Puget Sound Business Journal as a 40 Under 40 finalist. She's a native of Whidbey Island, and she now lives in Seattle with her husband and two young sons. Vanessa, it's wonderful to see you. Welcome to The Courage Effect.
1: Thank you so much, Suzanne. I'm really glad to be
0: here. Such a pleasure to have you. Um, I love having you on the show because, obviously, you and the team at Banister Advisors every day you're facing, you're you are tapping into so much courage, dealing with a lot of really difficult circumstances in people's lives. So, um, let's start with talking about courage. What what does courage mean to you as you as you go every day into not just navigating your own life, but helping others to do the same?
1: Absolutely, such a great question. Um, and a little bit of preparation for our conversation today, I did something I'm very used to doing, which is I did a little bit of homework and I looked up the definition of the word courage. And even beyond the definition, I looked up the origin of the word. So I think this is something you know about me. I grew up in a bilingual, multicultural home. I have American father, South American mother, So it wasn't uncommon to say, what does that word mean? Or to have a sense of, I don't think that word means what you think it means, right? And so this general sense of, am I using words correctly? And just a general curiosity about where words come from, what they mean, how that's changed over time and and so forth. So what I want to actually say is that when I was looking up the word courage and having its roots in core and heart, sort of from French, from Latin, One thing that really struck me was some of the, um, you know, kind of looking at the thesaurus side of it and what other words for courage might be. And I really landed on the word valor. And the reason why valor really stuck out to me um, in terms of what courage means to me is that, yeah, you know, it's a synonym, but also in Spanish, there's a really great expression called vale la pena, right? Which comes also from the origin of, valor and values, and it's this sense of, is it worth it? That's sort of the translation, but the direct translation is literally, is it worth the pain? Hmm. And so when I think about courage, I know that a lot of people think of it as a binary, are you gonna do a thing or not? You're gonna have the courage to act, right? That's a pretty common one. And for me, I think often the moments where courage has, you know, let's say been a, a character in my own story, it's been a less about the having the heart or the courage to stand up and take action. And it's been a little more complex than that. So a little bit more of an evaluation, let's say. So to say, you know, is it gonna be worth it? Is doing this thing gonna be worth it? And sometimes the answer when you're thinking about valor is less about doing a thing and sometimes choosing to not do anything at all, which can often when you discern Uh, between your your different kinds of choices in life sometimes the not doing the thing is not only more difficult but it is more worth it
0: yeah well there's so much there (laughs) what you just (laughs) said I I want to unpack valor a little bit more if you're up for that but um I I also love when you're talking about um is it worth the pain right so that that trade-off of of you know is it really worth it so we're always sort of doing that math in our head. I mean, what I, what I'm hearing from you is, is almost like constantly doing equations.
1: Yeah. There is a whiteboard in my head, possibly yours, um, <laughs> full of very, you know, uh, complex scribbling, let's just say. But I think, you know, sometimes when we're also deciding to do or not do, or trying to understand, you know, how to take action or again, not take action on a thing. um. I think where it gets really tricky, Suzanne, when you're doing any kind of complex math problem on a whiteboard or otherwise, is when you don't know all the inputs, right? Like when you're trying to solve, for example, let's go back to the algebra that we were told we would use someday, we maybe didn't quite believe it in middle school, but it does sometimes come in handy, but trying to kind of solve for the missing pieces. And when you realize oh, there's a lot of missing components to this equation. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, you know, solve for X in this moment. And really kind of circling back to the work we do at Bannister, it's not, our, it's not our courage that comes into play. It's not our valor, right? It's not our evaluations. We have the privilege at our company to when we work with clients and we serve them during these really difficult, overwhelming circumstances, whether it's over the course of a few days, a few weeks, Or a few months, or things that have maybe been building for years or even decades across families, across generations. We're more likely to be in situations where helping with that again, evaluation to come up with an approach that is more about again valor than it is about courage. And so again, we want to we talk about this a lot in um, the work as it's informed by behavioral health and social work principles, in addition to client services but it's this idea of centering the client, centering the family, centering their experience. And when we do that, and when we do our job well, it really is about helping people not just go down a certain path, but figure out which path to even go down in the first place. And that can be some, I think, of both the most challenging aspects of the work we do, but also the most, well, rewarding,
0: the most worth it. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it must be really challenging too. I mean, obviously it's wonderful that you're a partner and that you're, you're being brought in to support somebody, but as you said, it's their courage and ultimately it's also their decision. So, so you're advising as much as possible, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to detach from what outcomes they choose.
1: Absolutely. I think too, there's been definitely occasions in our work. And I will say the more family members involved, the more complex, maybe the more uh, whiteboards with that metaphor that you might <laughs> the more unknowns. And what you find sometimes is this element of um, compromise and conflict resolution, right? Yeah. Where actually nobody's happy with the pathway that is decided upon. You know, we're often dealing with individuals who are navigating an end-of-life scenario right hospice or even someone who's actively dying we might have a scenario where someone has passed away in a family and then there's the sort of aftermath the complexities to sort out amidst grief it might be something a little more long term like an adolescent being diagnosed with a mental health condition that they're going to be navigating and managing the rest of their lives so again it's not just about the parents we might be working with directly but it's really about how are we supporting an approach that is maybe not going to be about fixing anything but it might be more about minimizing regret and again that is a much higher level of math right so if we wanted to use the analogy yeah analogy we're doing math okay maybe we have addition subtraction we're solving for some you know um equations and it's algebra well then we start getting into like calculus, right? We're talking about derivatives and finding a min or a max, right? And so that's where the range of backgrounds within our team, anchored by our values, right, of shared values in order to serve our clients and help them really sort out and get through the decisions they're facing and the paths that they they need to go down, all of that really circles back to... I will just say the deep respect that we have to have for the complexity of the situations and to kind of close the loop this idea of sometimes we might be able to surface you know options a b or c and help a client and their family evaluate those options and kind of ask the question which you know which one's worth the pain right because they're all going to involve some degree of difficulty complexity uh energy pain, struggle, but also when they come up with the option D that we never could have imagined. So sometimes the process of us helping inform and lay out options and help them work it through, the answer, the solution, the path that they do decide to take can be completely coming out of their own um, their own contributions to the process. So that's something that I'll just wrap up by saying, Um, people sometimes say, oh, so you, you sort of tell people what to do. And we're like, we do the opposite of that, (laughs) right? It really needs to come from them.
0: And I can relate to that so much as a coach, because it's the whole idea of supporting somebody to make their own decisions and helping them to get there. But, but being at peace with, with what they ultimately decide in the end. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's also, I would imagine, to all of you as a team, too. I mean, you're you're also coming together to support each other at the same time that you're doing this for clients.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed that out because, you know, I think that it's a gift to work in not just an in, in industry, but sort of a subspecialty of what we do. Right. Helping people navigate life across the lifespan. Um, but what that allows us to do and when we come together and we're able to support each other because you know i'm sure this has been an experience for you but we do have a job that makes us cry it makes us feel it makes us react it's to be a witness system to certain things while i did refer to it as a privilege there's also a cost to it and there is a a grace that is required and sometimes when you're all tapped out of grace at the end of a really hard day it's really we find our colleagues and our partners, and sometimes our community network is really where we're able to draw strength when we feel a bit tapped out. And the nice thing, give and take, as Adam Grant talks about, if one of my favorite authors and researchers, he you know, talks about, yes, there's the giving, but there's also the taking and the receiving. And so that's just an important part of what we do internally as well, so that we can continue to sh- show up in the right way for, for our clients.
0: Mm, that's really beautiful well we need to take a break for a minute i'd love to i'd love to come back and as i sort of talked about before really unpack val- valor and you also talked about values maybe we can talk about the v words there a little bit there's probably and some evaluation
1: is t- kind of tucked in there yeah <laughs> all
0: right so maybe we can do that and also just talk about how that shows up for you and your your clients at banister advisors so if you're listening this is the courage effect with suzanne we will be right back
1: Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such is the premise of my show, Stacey Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW.
0: Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? W is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne, and I am in conversation with Vanessa Laughlin. So Vanessa, we've been talking about your work doing lifespan navigation at Bannister Advisors, and it dawns on me that, that I think that our, our listeners would probably like to have a better idea of exactly what that is and what Bannister Advisors does, because you are niched a number of ways. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit more context as we continue this conversation about Bannister?
1: Yeah, happy to do that. You know, uh, it's interesting uh, talking to people about what we do when they ask the questions. so what do you do, <laughs> right? What is lifespan navigation? I, I don't, I don't blame people for being a, a bit confused, but I do appreciate when after I have a chance to explain it, they say, oh, I or my family, we could have used you back when, right? And so that sort of moment of recognition of what the solution is that we provide Um, and how it can be applied, that's a really, I will say, fun moment in conversation. So the easiest way to describe it is probably just to talk about, uh, you know, one of the main ways people find us. So we are, again, privileged, we use that word a lot, but it's very true, to be contracted. Our services are set up in advance with employers, both based here in the Pacific Northwest and actually around the country, some with global operations. And we're brought on by typically human resources leaders, senior leaders, um, as a part of their benefits package. And what that means is that when one of the employees at one of these organizations experiences a life crisis, an overwhelming situation, something that's giving them so much anxiety about what could go wrong, even if nothing has happened yet, you know, it's, an incredible demonstration of the values of those companies to be able to say, you know what, we've got you, call this team and really making sure that the uh, employees know about this resource well in advance of ever needing to use it and knowing that they can access it in a, a very private and confidential way. So their employer won't know the nature or the details of the issues they might be facing. So we might get a call on one day, we might get you know, three calls from one of these um, employees who is really just looking for help and their company has stepped up and said, yep, here's who you need to get in touch with. In the morning, we might hear from somebody who is pregnant and is so excited, it's their first child, but they just left the 20-week ultrasound and part of the scan came back in a really worrisome way. So they don't know all the details just yet, but they do know they're about to go into a whole world of appointments more scans, more monitoring. It could be turn out to be nothing. It could turn out to be something very serious. And they're really just not sure where to turn. All the while they're still working and they're being told by their neonatologist or whoever they're working with, their perinatologist, their uh, OB, don't, don't stress out, stay calm. That It won't be good for the baby. Uh, later in the day, we might hear from somebody who's struggling with their uh, college student, who's a freshman, who's calling home and demonstrating so much anxiety they feel that they almost can't function. And the parents are saying, what do we do? We don't even really know what's going on, but we know we're getting calls and texts from them every day and they were so excited to launch, but now how do we even decide how, where to turn next to help our child who at this point lives across the country? What do, what do we do? What should we know? What's the best way to support them? We, wanna, we don't wanna make a mistake. We don't wanna regret. Any of our decisions and then in the afternoon we might get a call from somebody who's calling on let's say behalf of themselves because they have been noticing let's say symptoms over time forgetfulness and um, confusion especially in the afternoon and they're not really sure where to turn because when they Google those symptoms things like early onset Alzheimer's or dementia pop up and they think oh my gosh is it menopause is it dementia is it something terrifying? Is it cancer? And they're stuck and they're in this moment of thinking, how am I going to figure out again what to do next in the context of being there for my family, being there for my friends, being there for work and my colleagues, but also you know, what, what comes next? And needing to know that if they do engage with someone like us, for example, that we're not gonna just help them through that initial phase of discovery and figuring out what is actually going on. But then when there, let's say is a diagnosis, then what comes next, right? So again, you can sort of see how, whether it's a new problem or a known problem or issue or fear or anxiety, our team can get engaged at any point along that that story and, and be useful. Sometimes we might show up really kind of towards the end of a chapter for someone and their family. Um, you know, let's just say later that evening, right before we log off for the day, we might get a call from somebody who is um, realizing that even hospice chapter is starting to close and that maybe their loved one is beginning to go into an active state of dying. And What does that mean? What does that look like? And again, one pattern that you see throughout all the things that we described is that it's not really about, you know, you find the issue, you figure out the cure, you apply the cure, and then everybody's happy, right? It's really more about how do you move forward, how do you navigate, how do you manage, address, right? None of this is fixing or solving. Again, it's more complex than that. And every step along the way, you could have, you know, an infinite number of clients that were facing a similar, let's say, issue on paper, but the pathway and the way to Navigate every step of those um, that process is going to differ because the values of the individual are going to differ, and that goes deeper than just preferences, Suzanne. It goes down to values, and where it gets again really, really interesting is when you're working with not just an individual trying to understand and unpack um, some of those really foundational elements that help you make decisions, make help you be courageous, or you know bring valor to a situation and apply it. Um, when it's among families, that's where the work also gets very, very, very fascinating for our team.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to acknowledge you and your team for everything that you do and for helping people at so many challenging parts of their lives. And thank you for for summarizing that. The thing that really resonates for me is that, you know, I, I am part of the sandwich generation right now. Mm-hmm. I am I am seeing and and like as are you, and as are so many people. I mean, I I was talking to somebody recently who said, I feel like an open face sandwich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the just fall on the floor, <laughs> yeah, Get she's like, down. because there's there's
0: just it's a mess everywhere yeah. and yeah. because there's so many there's so many people coming through their own their own issues just with health and otherwise mentally with you know, like with the pandemic and otherwise, aging parents, children, um mm-hmm. it's it's such a challenge on so many levels. And as you said, too, it's usually not just one. I mean, a lot of the time mm-hmm. we're dealing with we're juggling multiple factors at the same time. And there are so many different personal values and things that are in the dynamics and cultures. I mean, and you know, this too, I mean, you know, as that third culture kid, how many different cultures are coming in, how important it is to honor different things that are happening. Um, so I want to recognize that. And I'm, I'm curious for you as you, as you also build out your team, (laughs) that's how do you make sure that you have the right people that are showing up in the way that is most meaningful for your clients?
1: yeah well you know as i think we talked about before we've now been doing this for let's see four years and 364 days so tomorrow is our official five-year anniversary which is really congratulations. exciting congratulations i insist that everyone give us some extra credit maybe like a couple extra years since we survived the pandemic because that was you know caused a bit of a shock to the system some detours but we we made it through um so one of the things that we think a lot about when we're finding new members to join our team is really trying to understand how much can we push the limits of difference different kinds of people different kinds of experience lived experience cultural values etc but also what needs to stay core right what are how do our core values and the way they manifest as a company become Effectively, deal breakers, right? Or what we would maybe think of as, uh, with all the mental health professionals on our team, we use the word boundaries a lot. We try to use it in the right way, but really, you know, what are what are the sort of the, the core threads that have to tie us together and tie and really support the work that we do? And then, given that, how can we expand the way that we work with clients because of the differences that are coming um, among both new and I would say existing team members as people bring their, as much as possible, their full selves to work.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it sort of takes me back to one of the things you said earlier is that, you know, courage is not binary, <laughs> so. And <laughs> we're at
1: that simple, we're at that. Yeah.
0: yeah, nor are we as human beings or nor are we really as families and entities overall. So that's, it, it's a challenge for us to to not just Listen to ourselves and to trust ourselves, but to also give respect to the people that we're listening to and the people that, that you and your teams are caring for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of uh, we have five core values, and the number one, I would say, sort of mother of all the values is is grace. Mm-hmm. And grace and any value, frankly, can be defined in different ways, but part of the way that we define it is a a value that is freely given. Um, and really changes up the expectations of how you relate to another person. So, for us at the end of the day, it's not about being, you know, martyrs or sacrificing ourselves as we work with clients, but it does become essential for us to center the client and center their experience in the work that we do. And I will say that in that type of expression of grace is core to everyone that works on the team today and everyone that's going to be joining us as we continue to grow in the future.
0: Yeah. I like that. Like grace is a North star because that's such an important part of, of everything that you do.
1: Yeah. And that, that grace can be hard sometimes, right? I mean, we all know that when people, you know, this from your work, somebody's having you know, maybe the worst day of their life, um, maybe their ability to demonstrate the type of grace that they would normally do is, uh, impaired a bit. Right. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you receive and respond to that (laughs) lack of grace with grace again i think it goes back to that idea of how when we're depleted we look to those around us and so for the easy one there is the colleagues and the team at banister and how we show up for each other so that we can show up for the clients at the end of the day
0: yeah well, thank you again for all the beautiful work that you do. Um, and I'm going, you know, is it worth it? That's one of the things that I'm really leaving this conversation with and really anchoring on grace and that it's a different path for all of us as individuals and families. So thank you, Vanessa, for a wonderful conversation. We'll make sure that your website for Banster Advisors is on the site so people can reach out. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Take care of yourselves. Uh, be gracious to each other and stay courageous.